Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. You are listening to Singapore's most influential radio station, impacting consumer decisions the most. And here on Influence, I shine the spotlight on movers and shakers in the business world in a real conversation. So today we look at Lim Hong Juan, he's CEO of Shuttle One and his vision of making mobile banking more inclusive. Shuttle One is an integrated fintech blockchain. They deliver the experience of remittance, loans, and they provide virtual savings accounts to their partners and users in Southeast Asia. So how exactly are they using the efficiencies of blockchain to deliver digital financial services? We're about to find out. Hong Juan, welcome to Influence. Thanks for having me. Can you share with us first what Shuttle One does? Well, Shuttle One, as you mentioned earlier on, is a fintech blockchain platform. We deliver three products, which is one, you know, remittance cross-border money transfer product on the blockchain. Two, an easier way and I guess more, as, you know, loans efficient way to get loans. And lastly, we offer a product, you know, I know it's called the virtual savings account, but due to regulatory reasons, you know, we are using, you know, that product to reduce the cost of living for our users. How does that work? How does that work? So in the blockchain, there are, there are pretty much, you know, a lot of uh, different, you know, financial products that kind of increases the amount of, I guess, holdings that you will have automatically. In the earliest days, one of these things was cryptocurrency mining, you know, where validators, you know, the miners on, on the blockchain, they get paid using that. So we took the same kind of model to a non-hardware model. And we use that, the, the amount that is accrued uh, in that process to actually buy discounted vouchers for daily necessities. Is this linked to cryptocurrency mining in any way? It's a cryptocurrency. It's the same concept, but it's different from cryptocurrency mining. In How that, do I get my money into this virtual account? Sure. In our wallet, well, where you can just download uh, from, you know, Google Store or Apple Store. You just need to top it up. Top it up in many ways. In Singapore, you can do a pay now, pay la kind of transfer. Mm-hmm. In Southeast Asia, where we operate mostly in Indonesia, that's a, we don't have pay now, pay la there. So they use a, a merchant network that basically, you know, you give them cash and they top up your wallet instantaneously in that sense. So what would be the benefit for me here in Singapore to open a virtual account, savings account elsewhere? Right. Due to also regulatory concerns, I mean, we're undergoing regulatory licensing at this point. We can't really say that it's a virtual savings account. Okay, okay. Yeah. What is the correct nomenclature for that then? What is the uh, correct terminology? I think the terminology that uh, we are still undergoing the repositioning, but mm-hmm. that product ultimately is supposed to reduce your cost of living in that sense. So we will look at all the baskets of cost of living in Singapore and we will basically subsidize those costs of living. For example, it could be transport costs and all these things, you know, where we will buy discounted vouchers and all that and we so offer it is, to consumers. So this is a sort of an account that I can put money in that will give me access to vouchers that will help bring down the cost of living? Absolutely. That's how yep. it works. Okay, yep. great. So Shuttle One sounds very emission focus like I'm going to take off. Tell me about the genesis of Shuttle One and how that that links to the the name. A little bit of a background for me. I I graduated in Singapore. I worked for a bank for a couple of years and I got fed up with the financial industry. History has it. I drove out to Malaysia. I became a farmer. So I lived in a village. It's actually called Kuala Pilar in Negosibulan for almost three years. So I lived in a hut by the river, you know, and... The grid. I was definitely off the grid. I didn't want to really be in a concrete jungle. You know, it's it's really stressful and all that. But unfortunately, 
farming is also stressful. Yeah. Like we have to deal with, uh, you know, foreign worker issues. We have to deal with wildlife. We have to deal with the weather, for example. So sometime in 2013, I got in touch with, you know, cryptocurrency, digital assets in that sense. And of course, the grandfather... From your of, hut in Malaysia, you got in touch with cryptocurrency. We, we, we still have handphones then, right? So I was reading <laughs> up and all that. Essentially, it was Bitcoin, right? And I read about it. I was like, wow, what is this you know, new magic going on, right? What is this voodoo thing going on? And I really wanted to use uh, Bitcoin at the time to help my 20 over farm workers to remit money. Because at that point, it was really rudimentary. We all know going to remittance houses and, you know, to the banks to do cross-border transfers is, you know, expensive and slow. So I thought, wow, you know, this, this crypto thing is going to really help change the world in 2013. But unfortunately not. Not until 2017 where, you know, there are more awareness. The ecology and the ecosystem of crypto is, you know, all more expanded. In Indonesia, for example, we actually do have merchants, we have remittance houses who are, you know, using crypto on our behalf to remit money in that sense across Southeast Asia. All right. And Shuttle won the name. It's mission-driven, it's purpose-driven, as you said. Uh, You know, we want people to get on board the shuttle simply by just downloading the wallet. Um, You know, and hopefully we are able to lift them up of cycles of, I I hope, poverty. And not just that, right? Even for us, you know, this large middle class in Singapore, to move up, you know, uh, in mobility, in that economic mobility in that sense. Okay. So that's the idea of shuttle. So um, how does the philosophy or premise of what shuttle won, how does that tie in with this idea of upliftment? Right. So in all our products... Um, as just put it simply, right? We are trying to do things cheaper, better, and faster. Just take for example our remittance product. We use a particular stable coin called Dai. It's from a protocol called MakerDAO. How do you spell that? D-A-I. Uh, D-A-I. D-A-I. It's not. It's not. It's not Dai as in dead. It's mm. it's actually a Chinese translation of Dai, which, which is what? Chinese uh, for loan. Loan. For okay. example, yeah. So it's a stable coin by its, its definition. It's just you know a, a crypto stable value currency. That's all. Yeah. So we use particularly this technology, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty common complex how it's issued and all that. But in general, most of the uh, places that we go to, we treat it like a commodity and we trade for local currencies, for example. So for remittance, we're happy to know last year we were a presenter project on the United Nations Sustainable and Development Goals Conference in Singapore. And we're able to you know, present that we bring down the cost of remittance, cross-border transactions to 3%. 3%. The general uh, ASEAN average is about 7.5%. Uh, some of our partners are 9.5% a year. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, it's not predatory. You know, it is just good business for them. But How are you I, able to do that? So, we all know that the blockchain can bring, you know, efficiencies to money transfers and all that. But the main thing that we do, if we understand remittances, for example, normally the remittance house will have, will have another local partner, say in Indonesia, and they need to actually pre-fund these guys. So, you know, if you are estimated doing half a million dollars a year, you have to send him half a million dollars first for them to deduct on that account. That's how traditional legacy remittance model works. So on a blockchain model, with our products, with Shadow One, we're actually we're reducing the need for pre-funding because there is value in that token, in the currency in and of itself. So we are changing the way how the model of settlement works, not between remittance houses anymore, but between uh, remittance houses and users. So with the migrant workers, with, with the migrant remittances, are they purchasing a stable coin? Are they then transferring their cash into a stable coin? So 
yes, they are. They are transferring their cash. I mean, we have been to pretty diverse places, sometimes in Latin America, for example. We've done a few pilots there. And of course, you know, they are running away from their local currencies, you know, in that sense. So we actually protected them from the currency deflation over the course of the last one year. There are many freelancers in, within our economy that actually, you know, gets topped up their wallet, you know, with their local currency. And of course, you know, we do the right quantitative, you know, hedging away to de-risk ourselves also as a platform. Some see yeah. cryptocurrency and blockchain as a threat to traditional banking. Um, you see this as an opportunity to create something better for the consumer. So can you help us understand where you sit in the ecosystem vis-a-vis banks? Sure. I think for... For banking, we always understand banking as a whole, you know, as a whole industry in that sense. Particularly what we are actually targeting at is actually cross-border banks, you know. And for example, if you were in Singapore, just try transferring USD, you know, from your local bank account mm. to somewhere else, you know, overseas or whatever. You'll realize it routes through a certain country, through a certain bank in that sense. We are complement to the local banks, but we might not be complement to, say, the international partner that they use for the USD in that sense. So in our model, actually, we partner with a lot of banks, cooperative banks, partner with even uh, local commercial banks mm. in Southeast Asia. We use their, you know, their open banking, their APIs to kind of settle you know, with our partners in a regulatory compliant way at the end of the day. So I understand Shuttle One helps rural communities. Um, is supporting over 30,000 rural banking stations in Indonesia. You offer remittance direct to bank accounts or cashback. Tell me about what you're doing in Indonesia and uh, how you're giving back to these communities. So it's interesting. We did a pretty uh, a year-long pilot to date. So we function more in Yogyakarta, in Surabaya, and tier two, tier three cities like North and South Sulawesi in that sense. So back to my Kampong days, you know, and the reason why we got there is because a lot of my workers from the farms before were from these areas, right? Just take, for example, my, my helper in, in Singapore. So we have been paying in cryptos in a stable coin for two and a half years now, almost three years, since she came into our employment to look after my family. So we, we saw firsthand how, you know, her community was kind of baffled at first and then essentially accepting, you know, what this value is because they can get cash out from their local merchants. So as you mentioned, you know, we support 30,000 or we work with 30,000 banking touch points in that sense. That network has expanded to 300,000 in the last one year. So we're, we're grateful for that, for the partners who actually put faith in our technology, in the security in our technology. So so it's very simple. When I pay my helper salary in Singapore, she, you know, tops up a wallet with that. She sends it to her husband in Serabon, which is near central Java, you know, and she cashes out from the local handphone shop that I managed to convince about a year ago. So she has been getting paid like that and bypassing, you know, I guess traditional legacy rails for remittance where she will be charged at least 2.5% to 5% on both sides in that sense. So the Payment Services Act came into enforcement this year, earlier this year, yep. and that's impacted e-wallets. Mm-hmm. Has it impacted your business? I think no. Uh, the straightforward answer is no. I think it brings more clarity to not just e-payments. You know, it brings more clarity to crypto, to uh, the blockchain uh, industry in that sense. I mean, I won't say that it legitimizes it. It gives us, you know, ring fences, rules. To, to follow with in that sense. Like, for example, e-wallets in Singapore cannot have more than $5,000 at any one time and it cannot do more than $30,000 of transactions in a year, which is great. You know, my, my helper sends back uh, $300 a month mm-hmm. you know, and she definitely won't have $5,000. You don't $5, see it as restricting your, your business base in any way? No, not really. I think it actually helps us a lot more. Yeah, at least for now, we know there are clear sets of rules for us to follow and, and therefore we are more compliant in that sense. So do you have any plans to apply for the digital banking license? 
We did go for a consortium for the Singapore one last year for organizing a consortium for the Malaysian one this year. So you're already in the race for the Singapore Digital Bank? Uh, no, we are not. We, are not. we, didn't, we didn't go for that. Oh, yeah, I It see. was too time. And we are very small earlier last year. You know, you, you need to organize yourself by June yes. and send in an application by 31st. So by June, we were still doing pilot tests. People were still wondering, you know, how does this magic works? How do I transfer, you know, this stable coin from one country to another? Yeah, yeah but uh, we just started the process uh, in Malaysia. So we are looking through, you know, clearly what are the rules and regulations over there. Final right now. question, Hong Chuang, CEO of Shuttle One. Will you ever go back to being a farmer? <laughs> Good question. You know, farming is really tough. I, I just want to get out of the city and I didn't know what I want to get in. You know, I would go back into farming, but more high-tech farming in the rural areas. Uh, aquaphonics, hydroponics, you know, all this kind of stuff that actually does work better in the rural areas than in the cities in that sense. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. This has been fascinating. Great meeting you. Thank Pleasure. you for being on Influence. Thank you for your time. Lim Hong Chuan, CEO of Shuttle One. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.